Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor. I'm a birth prep coach, and I am so passionate about helping mamas just like you plan and prepare for their birth. Hello, hello. Welcome back. I'm happy to have you today. I want to talk about something that was really a big goal of mine for my fourth child. And it was something that I had never accomplished in the past with my other children. Obviously a goal of every woman ever birthing babies via vagina. Um, so get ready for that. Uh, it's a TMI kind of vibe, um, but I don't know really what you expect with a birth podcast, <laughs> but fair warning. If you want to jump ship, now's your chance. Um, we're going to be talking about the five things that I did to avoid a perennial tear during my fourth birth. Having always torn while giving birth prior to this, I kind of thought it was a little bit impossible, but I also really wanted to accomplish the goal. So what I did first, since I'm really big on mindset stuff, especially birth mindset, that's kind of like my whole deal, right? I first went and found evidence that it was going to be possible for me. I went and read a bunch of different stories of mothers who had created that result for themselves to show my brain, hey, look brain, even though this has been our experience thus far, it doesn't have to be. Look at all these women who it didn't happen to. Look at that. They did it and you can do it too. I did this because I was having a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that I might be able to do this. And my brain really likes evidence. Yours probably does too. It's how the human brain works. And if we can give our brain evidence that something is possible, it makes it a lot easier to start striving for that goal for yourself. I did this surrounding lots of different aspects around my birth. I do it with my business. I do it in my personal life. I do it in relationships. I do it all the time and it works. I promise. So go find evidence that not tearing is possible. You can use me for example. I didn't tear with my fourth baby. I accomplished my goal. A needle never pierced my skin that day, and it was miraculous, and I was so proud of myself. Another thing that I did in the months leading up to my birth, I started working on strengthening my pelvic floor muscles. Your pelvic floor muscles obviously have a vital role in the delivery of your baby, but during labor and during all that contracting and everything, it's very easy for your pelvic floor to get really stretched and weakened over time. Most women experience pelvic floor deterioration after their first birth. It only takes one time. Thankfully, it's a muscle and it can be re-strengthened, but a lot of people don't actually know that. I can't tell you how many women I've spoken to, myself once upon a time included, that thought that peeing your pants after childbirth was just like a requirement. It was like a rite of passage. All moms peed their pants. And that was true for me until after I had my third baby and I started working on my pelvic floor. I was peeing my pants all the time. I had to brace myself if I was going to sneeze or laugh or cry or jump, all the things. I actually worked on my pelvic floor a little bit before I had my third baby because of the constant peeing and that the fact that I was going to be giving birth soon and I knew that it would help. And when I say I worked on my pelvic floor, I'm just doing kegels, y'all. After she was born, which wasn't that terrible of a tear, I will say that, and I think that played a role in it, I also waited until my body was ready to push. They didn't tell me when it was time. So I think those two things really helped. Um, and we'll talk about that more in a second. But after she was born, I started having some of the same problems again, not as intense, but they were coming back. And I wanted to start working on it, especially because I knew more children were my future. And it was something that I made a conscious effort. Well, not really conscious. I set timers on my phone. I put them in my calendar to pop up I like three, four times a day. And every time it would pop up, I would just do them until I, I would forget. 
there was no set time. There was no set numbers. It was just very mindless. Every time it popped up on my phone, I would do them until I stopped doing them unconsciously. And I only did those for like a month. And then I realized a huge difference. And then I did it again before I gave birth, um, which was probably about a year later, just to make sure everything was good and fine and dandy. But my peeing issue was totally gone after spending that month or two working on it. And I will say, I can't even remember the last time I peed my pants. It was probably before I had my fourth baby, which was over a year ago. Anyways, that was a whole long little rant on strengthening your pelvic floor, but I have found a lot of success in it and it's something worth doing. It's very easy and simple to do. Um, It's a great exercise to do, especially after birth too. Okay, next thing I did was I refused cervical checks. I did ask for one when my midwife got to my house because I had been laboring for a while at that point and I just wanted to see if I was progressing. That was my only cervical check my entire pregnancy and birth. Before this, I had always opted for cervical checks because I didn't know any better or any different and I didn't know how pointless they were. And I guess that's a matter of opinion, but you should ask around for opinions and see if you get any that are valid. Because that's what I did, and I didn't get any. It just basically tells you how dilated you are in that moment. And I get wanting to do it in birth to see how far you're progressing. But during pregnancy, unnecessary. With my second baby, I told them when I was ready to push. And then they checked to ensure that I was 10 centimeters because I had gone from 6 to 10 in a matter of like an hour, I think. It was something crazy like that, and they didn't believe me. Because I I also was trying to be funny. I said, either I'm going to poop or this baby's coming out. Um, They thought I was being serious. They definitely prepared for poop, like, secretly. But I I was like, guys, I am joking. (laughs) I had done it before. I knew what it felt like. And I told them it was time for me to push. And I was right. It was time. Same thing happened with my third. I was laboring on my hands and my knees. And I told them that it was time for baby. They unfortunately made me get on my back and I did not know enough to advocate for myself and fight to stay on my hands and knees, which is where I wanted to stay. But they pretty much worded it as though I had no other option. Yes, they're sneaky like that. So just warning, be aware. There are a lot of things that are presented as you don't have a, you don't have a choice when really they just like to do things a certain way or they're doing things to cover their butt or they're doing things because it's more lucrative for them. One of those things, highly unfortunate, but happening all the freaking time. That's why it's so important to inform yourself, guys. Anyways, back to the story. With my fourth baby, I knew that I wasn't going to be having cervical checks. And I knew that I was going to wait to feel that urge to push. And when I felt that urge to push, I didn't even say anything. I was just kind of letting my body do the pushing. And then I, when I was over it and I was tired and I just wanted it to end, I started physically pushing too. And that's kind of when I told everybody like, okay, let's go all hands on deck. So I think actually waiting for my cervix to be completely dilated and effaced and ready enough to start doing things on its own versus someone telling me like my first birth, hey, it's time, you're at 10 centimeters, it's time for you to start pushing. I did do some practice pushes with my first baby and then had to stop but got that urge to push during that time of the waiting for the doctor and I had to I had to keep pushing. My body had to. I, I, it got to the point where I couldn't hold back. But one thing I did during my first birth, which I think was my biggest mistake and what led to a terrible, awful, never want to be felt again tear, was coached pushing. Coached pushing looked like me getting in a certain position, holding my legs in a certain place, having people on either side of me, helping, keeping me there. 
and somebody telling me when to hold my breath and counting for me and when to when to catch my breath and all the things and that was number one exhausting and number two it was definitely not as efficient obviously I didn't know that at the time with my second I also did coach pushing again had a pretty decent tear with that one too um, and by decent, I mean bad. And with my third baby, someone was there coaching me, which was kind of annoying, but I was kind of just letting my body do its thing and like trying to do what they were asking me to do, but not really giving it my full effort because I was feeling the urge to push and kind of following my body a little more than I had previously before. I still tore, but I only needed, I think, two stitches, so it wasn't nearly as bad as the previous ones. So I kind of already had evidence that a couple of these things that I was going to be trying for my fourth birth actually did make things better for me. So I saw that it could help the situation, which helped my brain even more with that evidence that I had already collected. And then finally, I labored with gravity, not against it. And I also pushed with gravity, not against it. With my second baby, when I got to the transitional phase of labor, which is the end phase of labor, that eight to 10 centimeters, the like, ooh, the tough, the tough part. <laughs> I was choosing to labor on my knees in bed, leaning up against the top of the bed. So I was kind of hands and knees, but like supporting myself instead of using my hands to hold my weight. I was leaning into the bed that was like at an incline to kind of paint that picture for you. <laughs> but in the air, leaning down, resting my head when I needed to. That was just where I found myself most comfortable towards the end of that specific laboring experience. Um, it wasn't planned. That's just where I found myself. And when I had my third baby, that was my chosen laboring position for the majority of the time that I was there. I started off in like some standing and bouncing on the ball a little bit, kind of like doing what I needed to do, resting when I could. But I knew when I got to that point of it being difficult, I wanted to get into that position again because it was the best and my husband could help squeeze my hips and provide that counter pressure. And that was a very quick labor. I was up and using gravity on my side for most of it. And it was an induction, so I will say that. I went in at six in the morning, got all signed in. I think I was on a Pitocin drip by seven, and I had baby around 11.30. I don't remember the exact time. Sorry, kiddo. It's written down somewhere. I wanna say 11.24. <laughs> There's a lot of them, okay? They're lucky I remember their birthdays. I'm just kidding. Anyways, I spent my last two or so hours of my labor with my fourth baby, I was in the birthing tub at that point and I was laboring, kind of doing the same exact position. I was on my knees in the tub, using the tub for support like I used to use the back of the bed in the hospital. The difference here though, when I did it at home, was the fact that I stayed in that position to birth my baby and to actually deliver him. When you are lying on your back, and this is evidence-based, this is just a fact, it is going to be more difficult to push baby out because baby has to go up on an incline instead of like sliding out like they would if you were in a standing or a squatting or a kneeling position. If you look into the female anatomy and how everything works and how the birth canal is actually shaped and positioned, it is very difficult for baby to have to go out that way while you're laying on your back because baby literally has to go up on an incline, which can lead to longer pushing times, which makes you tired, it wears your uterus out, it can also be more painful, and ding, 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 your odds of tearing are much higher, and your odds of having a more severe tear are much higher as well. So I knew that no matter where I was, in the tub, in the shower, in 
on the couch, like wherever I ended up laboring, because I didn't really have a plan for that, wherever I ended up laboring, I just was listening to my body and doing whatever I felt most comfortable. I was going to use gravity to help me push that baby out. Now I had originally wanted to wait for FER, which is F-E-R. That stands for fetal ejection response. And the story goes, if you wait long enough and you lean into that urge to push, your body will just eventually eject your baby like a bullet. Now, I have not personally experienced that, but your girls read lots of birth stories, okay? I've heard lots of women experiencing this, and I tried to wait, but I got really tired when my body was pushing on its own, and I decided to help. And after a while of my body pushing on its own, so I started actually pushing with it, like intentionally pushing with the surges that I was feeling. And baby came quickly after, thankfully, because I was over it. <laughs> Next time, I'm going to really focus on breathing baby out and hopefully experiencing fur. If not, I would like to at least have a nicer, more pleasant pushing experience. It wasn't too bad last time. It was definitely the most enjoyable yet, but I think it could be better. And you know what? We're always trying to be better around here. Quick recap before I go. Five things that are going to help keep your lady bits intact. Go and collect evidence for your brain that that result is possible for you. Two, work on strengthening your pelvic floor muscles. Number three, instead of having your provider tell you when it's time to push, wait until your body tells you. Number four, when you get that urge to push, push the way you see fit. No coached pushing. I don't see any monkeys or elephants counting to 10, holding their knees up by their head and pushing with all their might until they're out of breath. It's very tiring and it's not natural. And finally, number five, use gravity to your advantage. Utilize upright positions during the transitional phase of labor to help labor baby down. And then when it's time to push baby out, you have gravity assisting you with that. And it's a lot less difficult than pushing baby up on an incline while you're lying on your back. So that is what I did to avoid tearing with my fourth baby. I accomplished my goal. I was so excited. I was so happy, so pleased with myself. I was looking forward to a much less painful postpartum experience, and that's exactly what I got. I was careful and gentle, and I think I used the Perry bottle for a couple days, but I was totally fine with wiping after like three or four days. <laughs> And that was just mind-blowing to me because with my first baby, I was tore up down there for like two weeks straight, like brutal. So the fact that I created that result for myself was mind-blowing to me. And I just wanted to share that with you today because I wanted to tell you that it's available to you as well. You can create that result too. I'm not special. I'm not superhuman. I'm not anything. You don't have to have as many babies as me to get these results either. I truly believe that you can do these things and either really lessen your severity of your tear or not even tear at all. I think they are absolutely rooted in evidence. There's a lot of evidence for that. And I have experienced it myself. So I can attest to that too. If you would like some help preparing your mind, your body, and your team to best support you as you try to achieve the goals that you've set for your birth experience, I am here to help. I have a few coaching spots available if you're interested. You can book a free consult call to see if we would be a good fit to work together on your birth preparation journey. 
The link for that will be in the show notes. I've also linked my free birth prep resources for you guys too. I know coaching isn't something everybody wants or is able to afford, so I want to provide some free helpful resources for you guys there as well. I hope you enjoyed that fantastic journey through all of my vaginal tears over the years. No, I'm just kidding. I hope these tips really serve you well, and I hope if you choose to implement them that they work as well for you as they did for me. Your body is amazing, and tearing is not required. I'll talk to you next time. Happy prepping.